0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White
1: and Ellen Trackman.
2: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Hey, Jen, how's your day going?
1: Hey, it's amazing so far. How about you?
2: (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, good, good. Um, Is it too boring to talk about weather that it's like cold, but it's about to be like really, really cold?
1: It is, but the problem is like because we don't like put these out on the same day, people don't think you're crazy. So maybe by the time this comes out, we can just like check on
2: check on survival rates. So we're in Denver, it's supposed to be negative seven this weekend. But um for our friends in Bozeman, it's supposed to be like negative twenty-four. Ah.
1: That is I know. But again, this is not
2: being posted concurrently with us talking about it right so just, just confirm we're all alive still was <laughs> a montana exactly. okay
1: yeah exactly um okay so we have to talk about something else besides the weather okay oh, yes That's super boring so uh ellen do you have a favorite movie genre
2: i do um that people don't I, I mean i enjoy like soft fluffy things i enjoy holiday movies i enjoy romantic comedies but i do have this love of like a certain kind of disaster movie uh and actually my my birthday is coming up and we're the plan is to do a disaster movie Marathon. That was my per my wow.
1: request.
2: And I did talk to us. I was like, oh, we should design our bug out bags too, which is like, you know, your survival bag that but they thought that was yeah being too crazy and going too far. So they agreed to the marathon. But it's your birthday. There not is no the design far. of bug out bags. Um but yeah, no, like day after tomorrow, I would say is like one of the best ones. Twenty twelve, um, San Andreas, all all really good disaster films. I've I never enjoy.
1: watched a single one of those.
2: I I might feel like I'm preparing for the future, but I'll definitely be taken out first.
1: Okay, anyway, well, how about I you? Remember, do you, no, do you have a never genre that You single one of those kind oh of movies.
2: And <laughs> day after tomorrow is like 20 years old and still it's still good. Let, let well, I mean, next time you're in town, I might have to make you watch it. You know, oh
1: God. maybe at a conference. Right. <laughs> how about you?
2: Do you have a? Do you visualize never come you? again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um you know the honest answer is i don't really i mean i don't love horror movies i don't tend to watch disaster movies yeah, i'm too weak for um, those now
2: see yeah but there's, okay. a, there's a difference like i can't handle horror anymore but i but disaster
1: something different about it mm-hmm that's fascinating i mean like my favorite movies are like shawshank redemption and dead poet society and like that mm. kind of thing so i guess like classic smile drama i don't know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that kind of thing i also do have a weird soft spot for psychological thrillers
2: interesting like name so. one, name one. <sighs>
1: I mean, like we were just talking about, like, um, like Kiss the Girls with Morgan Freeman, because we were talking about Morgan Freeman in our house this oh, week. Mm. But I was like, I was like, oh, that's like psychological thriller, yeah, like just like the stuff where you're just like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that, well, none know, of this. Has I know our listeners
2: to are with not our guests, are yeah? not here for this, so let's get get on to what you're really here for. There we go. Welcome, Emily Westerfield, to the podcast. Emily, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
2: We're excited to have you, um, Emily. How do you introduce yourself when you meet a new person? Um, <laughs> He's like, like wow, that was a
0: really hard question. <laughs> my at yeah. the grocery
2: store. <laughs> <laughs> that was like when you're on question. a podcast, for example. Um, no, but if you're telling the background of your story, and we're getting to like leading to surrogacy, but if you want to give a little background about yourself,
0: gotcha. Um, So if I'm introducing myself to a random stranger at the grocery store, um, I typically tell them my name and I I usually reference like my last name because I'm not from this town. So I live in a small town called Salina, Ohio, and I live, excuse me, I grew up in a very small town about 10, 15 minutes away from here. And my husband's last name is very popular and it's a very small town too. So everybody knows everybody, but, um, (laughs) I always like reference my last name. Like, do you know this person or do you, and typically somebody knows his parents, his brother, his sister, anybody. So like, I feel like I'm always like Max's wife or I'm Joe's daughter-in-law or I'm Kelly's (laughs) sister-in-law. Um,
2: and for our Ohio listeners, what's your husband's last name?
0: Westerfield. Oh, okay. Oh, Okay. Okay. That
2: okay okay that makes sense we're like is there a different last name that connects everyone okay.
0: <laughs> no and I think too like just because their family is so big um and on both sides both his mother and his father's side which his mom is actually from the same town that I'm from um and it's it's just funny because everybody knows everybody here so if they don't know me from the town that I'm from I always just reference somebody in his family and they pick up they're like oh my gosh what a small world um So I I guess to just like tell people who I am, like when I start to talk about what I do, I, my face probably just lights up because I love so much about what I do, because not only do I get to help build families, but I also get to, outside of just being a, a surrogate and caring for people myself, I also get to facilitate journeys for other people that I can't carry for. So I talk a little bit about myself and my career and how I kind of built from where I started to where I am now. And um. I go into everything pregnancy related and I go into everything related to the surrogacy process. And then you can just see people like you can see the wheels spinning in their head. That's why I was just, wondering,
2: what do their faces look like when yours right? light up? Are they confused?
0: <laughs> like, I what, what? Perplexion. Is that a word? Perplexion? Sure. We'll <laughs> just, make it. We'll accept just, it. Just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's either confusion or, oh my God, you're amazing. Or it's like, uh, how could you do that? It's one of the three. And I I think even being in like such a small town community, um, sometimes I will get more of the, oh, how could you do that? And (laughs) I smile and yeah, just because people, number one, they're uneducated, um, but number two, they don't understand the process. So if I have the, if I have the opportunity to educate, I absolutely do, but you know, sometimes the conversation ends right there. <laughs> I, I will and say, the, like, sometimes people ask me what I do and I tell them and then they're like, oh, and you could just see
1: them, like, inch away slowly. It's like they're inching towards the door. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, hey, I got to go check out my groceries now. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought
1: you into just the fertility sphere, brought you towards surrogacy? What kind of what, what was your first lead in?
0: Yeah, um, I would say in the very, very beginning, my very first pregnancy ever ended in a miscarriage, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, number one, I was not with my husband at the time. It was not a planned pregnancy. And believe it or not, and when I actually share this story, not a ton of people know this about me, but some do. Everybody's going to know now. And now
1: everybody's going (laughs) to (laughs) know.
0: Exactly. Um, So, I actually got pregnant by somebody else, and I remember, I think I was 20, 22 or 23 at the time, so old enough, um, you know, I wasn't 16, um, but I, I definitely wasn't in a relationship with this person, and I found out that I was pregnant, and I remember going to tell my parents, and just the utter, like, fear and horror that I had to, like, share this news that, like, oh, my God, I'm in so much trouble, Um and so I remember telling them and they immediately were like, get an abortion, go take oh, care well. of it, you know, go, wow. this is not, wow. this is not what we're doing. And it's completely against what I wanted to do. I remember standing there in my living room. I was crying. My parents were across the room. You know, I'm at the furthest place from being, trying to be near them. And my sister was on the other side of the, um,
1: oh, this was a whole camp- family
0: affair. huh? Wow. Yeah, well I think I I think I told my sister first. Okay. You know, I t- just to like have that person to be like, oh my God, I told somebody and just relief. Right. And she's like, you gotta tell mom and dad. And I'm like, I don't want to. Let's let's run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So um I was just I was just terrified. And so I remember telling them, and I remember that being the that being their response. I'm like, oh well that didn't go how I thought it would go. Um so I remember having this, this was so long ago. I remember having a conversation with the guy and I remember telling him like, this is what I was going to do. He didn't care. He gave me the money to go do it for like for oh, the wow. appointment. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. So my, um, so against like what I wanted to do, I, my sister drove me down to this appointment and I, I was strictly just doing this out of fear. I did not want to do it at all. And, um, I remember driving. It was about an hour away, um, and I went down to this clinic. And on the way down there, I had a miscarriage. Oh wow! And what? there, yes. So there could not have been any more in my, you know, in my mind that any more. Um, reassurance that like, God was taking care of me at that time. And I'm, I'm not a religious person whatsoever. But if there had been any sign to show me like that, he was just watching out for me. I did not want to have that abortion. And on the way down there, I had a miscarriage in my brother-in-law's car, mind you. So, wow. so that was a complete, uh, a complete uh, disaster. But we drove down there. I remember we were, we were almost there. And so we drove the rest of the way I got to the clinic. I remember them asking for my name and asking me to sign in. And I was like, I don't need to be here anymore. I just started to have a miscarriage. I went to the bathroom. I noticed that I was bleeding pretty heavily.
1: So you just, you just emotionally, you physically knew you could feel it like you hadn't even like confirmed at that point.
0: I, I just, I could tell that I was bleeding in the car. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, so I immediately, um, After I went to the bathroom, I got back in the car and I told my sister, like, you need to take me to the hospital. And I didn't want to go anywhere where I was. Like I said, I was an hour away. So we drove back home an hour. And in the meantime, I'm just hemorrhaging and there's, I don't have anything with me. And it was just scary. Awful. Yeah. Just an awful experience. Number one, my first pregnancy, I'd never gone through anything like this before. Obviously I had had periods up until that point, but this was way worse than period bleeding. And, um, we finally got to the hospital and the, the ER physician confirmed that I was in fact miscarrying. I was really early between, I think six or seven weeks and I ended up having a DNC. I spent the night in the hospital, um, and, and that was it. Wow. Uh, And
1: I've totally, just because of the way your parents reacted, how, how did your parents react to the news that you miscarried instead?
0: Um, Gosh, I, I don't know. If or I said so That may not be something
1: you remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know if I remember or even to the, to the point, like it was just such a traumatic experience that I may even just block out what the, what the reaction was. I do remember my mom coming to the ER and like being there with me. My sister was there with me the whole time. Um, and we were older adults, right? Like, yeah. it, like, again, I, I wasn't a child, um, right. perfectly capable of taking care of myself. I didn't even live at home with my parents at the time. And, and I, looking back, like for who I am now and the type of person I am, I'm so upset that I even allowed my parents to make that decision for me. Um, but again, I was, I was being taken care of that day by some higher power that obviously, you know, a miscarriage isn't what I wanted to happen either. But, I, you know, I could have yeah. figured it out. Could I have right. given the child up for adoption? Could I have had a child with this guy? You know, like, you don't know. You don't know, but I definitely didn't want to, um, I definitely didn't want to abort the child. And I also maybe like now's a good time to mention like I'm I'm pro-choice also. So it's not that I frown upon people getting adoption or excuse me, abortions if they choose to do so, whatever the situation is, like your body, your choice. I just, I did not want that to be my choice at the time. So mm-hmm. Okay, so what
1: what happened? I mean, obviously that was a huge thing that shaped shaped you. Then what what happened next in in your story?
0: Yeah. Um. So I healed. I went on with life. Um. Never saw the guy again. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He he. I've I've seen him before, but I mean, just there was no relationship that came out of it. It's almost like we we forgot it and moved on. Okay. Um. So I carried on with, with life. I met my husband who is, you know, he's born and raised in the town that we live in now. And, um, when he and I met very, very shortly after we met, we got pregnant. It was, it was just a couple of months. I think we met in May and in August, um, we found out that we were pregnant with our daughter and, um, everything with that was, um, a, a wonderful, experience um even the beginning of the pregnancy just to finding out like it was excitement you know i had someone who i was obviously spending the rest of my life with the whole the whole concept behind just finding out i was pregnant and then you know going into different appointments like that was it was exciting and it was fun and you know we were having our first child it was it was great complete different reaction from my parents um, <laughs> right and right. and also my my sister found out, um, she was one of the first people that I told again, that I was pregnant. And she on the same day told me that she was pregnant. So our daughters are actually, Aww. they were born just within a few days of each other, which was really Aww. cool. Is yeah. it her first also? It was her second. So okay. she has two children and her oldest one, um, is I believe he's 14. Um, yeah. And, and her daughter is 12. And so my oldest is 12 and she just has the two kids and then Um, I have three kids, which you'll hear about shortly, but, um, yeah, just a whole different, uh, a whole different experience. It was all happy thoughts and all, you know, all things were good. The pregnancy went really, really well. Um, it was smooth. And even after the amount of children that I've had now, which we can talk about that number later, but I have had, um, always just very easy pregnancies. I don't ever get sick. I have obviously side effects. But, um, I don't have a lot of morning sickness or, you know, heartburn or restlessness or just, I, I get tired in the first trimester where I'm noticeably more tired than I typically am. And obviously towards the third, uh, at, you know, the third trimester and the end of the pregnancy, I start to get very uncomfortable, but you know, it, it Comes with the territory, right?
1: <laughs> sure, sure. sure. Um,
0: so I definitely had like symptoms of pregnancy, but I was never sick, and I just carried on, carried on with life. And so, I remember having the the very first delivery, uh, going to the hospital. I was nervous as hell, but um, I also got to um, deliver her myself. So, oh wow! Fully, Kourtney Kardashian pulled her out. <laughs> got to do wow. the whole thing. Love it that. was just one of the best experiences ever and so right after that i'm like i gotta do this again like it was almost like all these endorphins and all this just like this rush of the empoweredness yeah yes and like look what i just did like how badass is that um so yeah so we had our daughter and her name is mckenna and she will be 13 in april um so that was Uh, good
1: luck good luck. obviously
0: thank you You know, she's (laughs) she's just in like this, this very preteen phase where I, I told, I told Max the other day, I said, I feel like I don't even see her anymore. She's with her friends all the time and she's very active. She's in three sports. And so now with junior high, she goes directly to practice of, you know, of some sort. And then she wants to go do stuff with her friends. And, you know, it's like, hi, McKenna, bye, McKenna. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they come back eventually. It's fine. So A little bit of attitude in between there, and then it's like, exactly. Exactly. All right. Okay, my so you my oldest is 13
1: one, right now, yeah. is well, it's pretty, I love
0: and her. That, She's amazing. That's
1: why I say there's a little teenager. But... Yeah. Yeah. Teenagers are, again, they come back eventually. It's fine. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, baby
0: one, you felt really empowered. Then. Then next pregnancy another miscarriage oh no yeah so this was actually at a time um where max and i had decided that we wanted to try and um and have another baby we were rocking parenthood right we never fought we got all the sleep Can you sense sarcasm through these? Through these <laughs> <videos>? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we just, McKenna actually, and, you know, to, to say the least of, of her, like even just raising her from a baby, she was colicky. She was, out of the three children, she was the worst baby. And so, why we wanted to jump in so soon, you know, in hindsight now, it's like, oh, you know, we, we had no clue what we were getting ourselves into. Because you rocked um, the delivery, because it was awesome, and you felt empowered, right? Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah. So we decided to start trying again, and I, a couple tries, and and we got pregnant again. Um, so we were, I took some home pregnancy test, and then verified it with the doctor, and then I, I think this one was a little bit further than the first one. Um, I was maybe closer to nine weeks. And I started bleeding again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just, just utter disappointment. Because, you know, Max and I had been trying to, um, you know, to, to have another child and not to sound, I mean, cruel in, in any way, but this one was, was planned and we wanted it as opposed to the first one where it was so unexpected and I hadn't planned for it. And um, not that I couldn't have figured it out, but it wasn't something that I was trying for at the time. Okay. So this one just had like so much more pain uh, that came with it. And um, we had already told people like, when, when I started taking pregnancy tests at home, like I'm pregnant. Like, and so then to have to untell people is just, that's very hard. Um, and I remember specifically Max's mom taking it really hard. Um, and I don't know if any of her other, kids, I I guess I never asked if any of her other kids had ever experienced any type of um, loss in pregnancy, but I know it was very hard for her. And I remember Max and I, we sat on our living room floor, like in front of the couch and just like, just cried together. We just held held each other, sat next to each other and cried together. Um, And it was, it was hard for both of us. It was very, um, a very emotional time and just very, very painful. And, you know, and we've got this beautiful little girl that we're so happy to, um, to have, but we really wanted to give her, to give her some siblings. And I, I don't even know if I ever told Max at the time or even, I mean, I know he knows now because this is all part of my story, but I had gone from my first pregnancy being a miscarriage to then having um, our daughter and having a good pregnancy. And then I had another miscarriage and I was just, I was terrified to get pregnant again because I was like, yeah. if this is going to be like a pattern. I don't want to have another baby. And then should we try to experience
1: again? this pattern again? Yeah,
0: exactly. Fall like right back into that. Um, so we kind of chilled out um, just for a little while. And so there's a <laughs> and I say chill out, but there's only a two year difference between McKenna and Jack, who is our, <laughs> who's our firstborn son. Um, so we eventually then um, we did successfully have a, um, a, a successful pregnancy, and Jack was born in March, two years later. <clears throat> um, so McKenna was April of 2011. Jack was March of 2013. And then, um, and Jack's, uh, Jack's pregnancy went really, really well. I would say his delivery was a bit harder, um, but he was a bigger baby. And I haven't had large babies. Charlie, who's my who's my last son, he was the largest, but um, but not super big babies by any means. Um, I just feel like it was just a different birthing experience. I did not deliver him on my own, um, <laughs> but um, but still, just it was it was great. And I think that time, while I'm like in the hospital, I'm like, wow, well, I'm a badass again. Like, look at what we did. Um, I think it was also like, how incredible of an experience is this when our little girl walks in here and gets to meet her baby brother? That was just a whole new type of, um, you know, mom heart melting, <laughs> and the experience was just so incredible. Um, so. I think Max had actually left and he went home and McKenna was at his, um, his sister's house and he went to pick her up and brought her back to the hospital. And they walked in and hormonal, emotional me. I'm just like, Oh my God. (laughs) And, And it was just so sweet. And she was the, I mean, automatically she was, You know, nurturing and she was loving and she wanted to hold him. And it's like a baby doll, right? Like you give her (laughs) this little baby doll, and it was the best experience, the absolute, like just the best thing to see. Like,
2: she didn't ask to return him a few weeks later, did she?
0: (laughs) You know, she did not at the time but she was also I told only, my own sister years that years
2: old. to me. So, uh,
1: did you, See, did you just hear her say later? See, it's normal. It's totally yeah. normal to ask to return younger siblings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, her answer would probably be totally different today. <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. And um, she would and, throw Charlie in there too.
1: And so parenting two was easier than parenting one, right? Totally. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I mean, we had to obviously go to man-to-man defense at that point, point. and <laughs> we we were a team. You know, I would think awesome. too, and I I even my husband and I really like we don't fight about a lot of things. You know, starting very early when we were um, uh, early on in the marriage and and family building and things like that, we fought about money. We've thought about we thought about little just petty things that, you know, maybe would come up in our past, you know, just little things that people fight about in their marriage or in their relationship. Every single time though, that we like had to take on a new challenge or we had something else that came to us, like we, we truly did get stronger and we became more of a team, more of a partnership, more of a um, ride or die. And, and even so now, like, I can't wait to tell you at the very end of this story, like just how much I have fallen in love with him on a whole new level Aww. than what he was in the very beginning to me
1: awesome
0: um, so so yeah we um we moved to a man-to-man defense and um it was just you take this, I'll take this we'll we'll tackle this together and life got more chaotic absolutely um, but it it was it was like family chaos and you in the moment you you don't see how it gets easier, how it gets better. Um, but obviously in hindsight, looking back now, it was like, we had a newborn baby and a two year old and, and we did it. Like, that's all I can remember. We don't remember the hard times. We don't remember the pulling our hair out or no sleep or yelling at each other or you did this to me type of thing. Like, <laughs> so <clears throat> um, I think just moving to three for us was much harder than moving from one to two. Okay. So you got, you got there. Now
1: you say, you, you've already spoiler alerted that we have three. So I assume you had an amazing pregnancy number three.
0: Yes. Um, Awesome. Awesome. Pregnancy. Charlie is our third. Um, And I don't know if I mentioned um, our middle one. So his name was Jack Mm -hmm. and um, Charlie was the third one. And he actually came exactly a year after Jack.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Three months later after I had Jack, I was pregnant with Charlie and if that's the correct math there. Um, but yeah, we had the boys back to back right away. And, um, every, every child, every baby, I should say, got easier. Um, The boys were not colicky and they were very easy babies. They were, they were the happy babies where you could hand off to somebody else. They weren't super clingy. McKenna was always so clingy to Max. That's all she ever wanted was daddy. Um, But the boys were very easy. So it allowed for us to be able to reach out for help um, and to be able to have people who could, who could watch them. And they weren't, we wouldn't hand them off and they'd start screaming their head off. Um, So Charlie's, uh, Charlie's pregnancy was fantastic. (laughs) Um, I would say the only thing that Max and I didn't agree on was his name. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to name, he wanted to name him either Ross or Ben. And I was Very always, friends. yep, oh. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I was always Charlie. So you see who won that battle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know,
1: at that point, had you guys decided together that you had completed your family then is that Am I guessing correctly there? Or was there still discussion about more pregnancies after that?
0: I think Max's opinion on um, us being done was <laughs> way outweighed my opinion. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I was okay. Um, I was okay with the three that we had. And yeah, we decided that we were done. We weren't going to have any more <laughs> kids. And I'm pretty sure like when, like the same day that I had delivered Charlie, Max was like signing up for a vasectomy somewhere. um I'm done with this um but yes we were we had completely decided that we were done um we were happy with our three I could have probably gone on for quite some time but but we had three healthy
1: and so that kind of leads to the thought of then how did surrogacy come into your consciousness because obviously if you talk about you can go on being pregnant right like what what made that thought come to you or how did you come to surrogacy
0: yeah So number one, I think like the fact that I had had two miscarriages and I had experienced two losses, it, you know, it motivated me to, to want to help other women. Um, But I didn't know at the time that, that I could qualify. I thought that having a miscarriage, I I would be disqualified from even being able to, to carry for someone else. I was obviously not educated at all at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was doing a lot of research online and in between... McKenna and Jack, um, we had a cousin on Max's side that struggled a lot with, um, with infertility and just with, um, she actually suffered from secondary infertility where mm. they were able to have a son, natural conception, no problem. She had a wonderful pregnancy. And then for 10 years, they tried and had, I think mm. six miscarriages. Oh, um, wow. and she was, she was able to get pregnant She just could not sustain that pregnancy. And so she she also was sharing the fact that they, they were pregnant and they were so excited about the news and then she would have to untell.
1: She'd Um, have to undo it again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think towards like, you know, after there was a couple that happened, they just didn't tell anybody anymore. Um, It was just too hard. And so I had started to think about it at that time. Like, Here's me sitting over here, like I can have, uh, I can have a baby for you. I'll do it for you. Like this is very easy for me, <clears throat> and so we weren't done having our own kids. <clears throat> Excuse me, we weren't done having our own kids at the time. So I wanted to obviously make sure that we had our family complete before I was before I decided to to move forward with surrogacy, but um, I had brought it up to Max, and it was a hard no,
1: <laughs> absolutely oh.
0: not, no way. And, you know, I think at the time, looking back, number one, he didn't understand the process and I barely did either, like, let's be honest. (laughs) I didn't know what I was about to get myself into, but also I I think it was more so the fear of the unknown. Like he did not know at all what to expect. And let's be honest, like the parents don't live with me, he does, like if I get sick, he has to take care of me. If I'm on bed rest, like he's got to step up in a big way. So I think it was more so like, Why would I do this for a complete stranger? I don't get anything out of it. Like, like, what's your what's your drive here? So I I dropped it, and you know we continued to. I you know I think it was probably between Jack and Charlie where I brought it up again, and he's like no, and there was obviously a very short time because then I got pregnant with Charlie. So afterwards I said again. I would really love to talk to you about surrogacy. And so he, I mean, very respectfully sat down with me. I remember sitting at the kitchen table and I was like, here's all the research that I've done. Here's what I believe to understand is is the process. Can we do this? Like, can we do this? And very transparently, like the financial benefit was more of a a drive for him than it was like having his wife be pregnant again for complete strangers. Um, And I feel so in a lot of, of, surrogacy journeys, which of course isn't, isn't a bad thing, but people, spouses are more financially motivated to do this than the, the act of giving. Um, so we had the conversation and, and I don't know if I just, if I got him on a good night or if he was just sick of me nagging, or (laughs) finally (laughs) he said, you know, all right, we can do this. So, um, I had actually this, you know, completely catapulted my entire career into the world of surrogacy. Um, So what I did was then I went online and I had, when I was doing research, I had come across several different support groups. Um, There are community forums online um, for just the fertility world. Um, So there's a community full of surrogates and egg donors and intended parents and, um, places where people can go and share profiles, and, and it's completely independent. I did not at the time reach out to any agencies, and <clears throat> I started to just connect with people. I created a profile for myself. Um, I started to connect with people, and I was flooded with responses. Um, yeah. Even just knowing what I know now, there's there's such a need for surrogates, and there's so many more intended parents, which I didn't know at that time, that I could yeah. not believe the response. Um, so I was just overwhelmed with, um, with people reaching out, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'd really love for you to carry my baby or, Hey, this is who we are. And I would really love for you to consider us. And every single story is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Um, it's never easy reading those profiles or having to tell people no, and finally choosing the couple that, that I did. So I, um, again, I created my profile online and when people started to reach out, I started to have conversations with people that I just felt like after reading their profile, like, I, I felt like I had a little bit of a connection with, and I ended up having several conversations with a couple in Cleveland, and I ended up choosing them. Mm-hmm. Um, they had two children already, and she ended up um, having to have an emergency hysterectomy with her daughter, um, with her second birth, and they knew that they wanted to have three children, and so they were looking for a surrogate to complete their family, and I always say like that's a surrogate's role to start build or complete a family um and i am so happy to say that i have done all three uh you'll find out you'll find out when when i talk about all of my all of my journeys that i've had the absolute privilege of being able to do all three of those um so i completed their family and i had a little girl for them in december of 15 so just a year after i had charlie Um, A year and a a a half, actually. Charlie was born in March um, of 14. And I had the very first surrogate baby in December of 15.
1: Wow! And
0: I worked with a clinic in Cleveland, um, a real big one, you probably can't, um, can't guess what that one is. But they were, they were absolutely incredible. You know, I've, I've not had a bad experience with any of the clinics that I've worked with. Thankfully, um, they've all just been so accommodating and, and just really great at, at taking care of me as a patient and as a surrogate, and always the intended parents. Um, I have delivered all of the children that I've had at the same hospital uh, oh, wow. with, with different, different doctors. Um, but each of them have been able to, and most of them are still there. So it's really cool that you know, every year, Emily's pregnant again, and here she comes back, and she comes (laughs) again. (laughs) I have, like, my own room now in the corner of the office. It's funny. Um, But no, I mean, it was such such an incredible experience to, you know, the the delivery was very easy. Um, The pregnancy was super easy, and I'm just like, wow, and, you know, the experience itself, even getting pregnant and that's that's something always that people ask like how can you give the baby away or or you know how can you how is it not you're hard giving it you? away yeah um number one it's not it's not my kid I'm not giving right. away my kid um you're giving it back yes you're sending it back yes. yeah. the whole process itself is in the very beginning obviously it's just very logistic. Uh there's so many pieces uh, you know once you start to do all of the testing and the screening and then you've got contracts involved like it's not, it, it's just different. And when I went to the appointments, it was me and the parents. It wasn't me and Max. It's just right. a complete different um, you know, experience. So when it's time to give their baby back, yes, you nailed it on the head. Yeah. Um, it's one of the most rewarding feelings and experiences that, that you can imagine.
1: Are and you still um, in touch with that family?
0: I sure am. Yep. Awesome. Um, she awesome. actually turns eight on Monday.
1: Yay, yeah happy birthday! Oh yes. yes um so so okay, so journey number one, and mm-hmm. then you move on to journey number, so how quickly after you gave birth, did you start thinking about doing it again?
0: Um, so let's see, so she was born, I, immediately I, uh-huh. after after I experienced that journey like after it had come to a completion and I always go for that six week postpartum appointment to see my OB just to make sure obviously that everything is okay. And I'm healthy again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to do this again. It was almost addicting to me at that point.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like just that feeling of being able to go through the whole process and then be able to, to watch these parents, you know, get their child at the end of this whole thing it's just yeah you you forget about all the logistics you forget about all of the months and months of testing and waiting around and attorneys and contracts and money and everything and
1: say say it loudly for those in the back Ugh, attorney. Ugh. Attorneys, uh... <laughs>
0: which one of you are an attorney <laughs> <laughs> i am and i generally
2: start my consults being like the most fun part of this process the legal contract considering every worst scenario you're dead she's on life support all of it
0: oh my gosh um and, and you know those contracts aren't small either right they're like 40 to 60 pages they're like huge it's a huge contract yeah yeah i mean
1: right thinking about fell.
2: illustrating mine just to make it less painful like um, add
1: pictures you- can you do interpretive dance? <laughs> right. Can I please be, be your first
0: client for the illustrative
1: agreement? That would be amazing. I love uh, Okay, sorry, uh, segue there. Um, but so you you, um, you immediately basically started thinking about it again. Did you want to do independent again? Or did you start thinking about an agency? What uh, kind of, obviously, as you're doing this, you're kind of informing your choices and what you become professionally over time, right?
0: Exactly. Yes. Um, and I did choose, after I received my clearance um, from my OB after that six-week postpartum, um, I did go on to that portal again, and I refreshed my profile um, just to see if there were other families out there. And again, just overwhelmed, maybe this time even more so than the first time, because mm-hmm. now I'm an experienced surrogate. Right. And I feel like sometimes there's parents who really want to have the, um, the experience of working with somebody who's done this before. Yeah. You understand that number one, I know what to expect. Number two, my body handled the the hormones and the medications well, and that I was able to successfully become pregnant through the IVF um, procedure. And right. all parents have different expectations and criteria when it comes to what it is that they're looking for. And some people want an experienced surrogate. So, um, yeah, I feel like more so now that there were so many more, um, inquiries that came through that were like, again, here's, here's another heartbreaking story. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of same sex couples that reached out to me. They were all heterosexual couples that were even relatively close to me. And maybe like more parents at that time were looking for a surrogate as close to them as possible. But, it's a complete, obviously different start that heterosexual couples have where maybe they have gone through so much heartbreak or their IVF, um, you know, journeys thus far. And then a surrogate's kind of their last hope um, to, to maybe be able to have a biological child of their own. And then you've got these same sex couples who are like, we know that the
1: surrogate is their only hope of having a child.
0: And so they're more like, we're excited, like, let's do this. This is, this is a, a happy beginning for us. Um, so the, the next couple then that I decided to choose, and we actually got together and met first, they came to my town, we went out for dinner. Um, so we met in person after several conversations online. And they were a couple from Michigan. Now, I don't know. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. know being being an attorney, Mm -hmm. but Michigan laws are really not. We know about Michigan.
1: It's about to hopefully be better, but we're all not trying to drink anything. Fingers crossed. They have a bill that looks really (laughs) hopeful.
0: Right, right. Um, Yes, fingers crossed for them. But uh, Ohio is is one of the closest places for them to be able to to find a surrogate. So um, I carried for a couple who did not have any children yet. And I was able to start their family for them, so they actually did a double embryo transfer, and okay. I had boy girl twins for them. Oh in, wow! Again in December um, of 2017, so two years after the first um, baby, the first surrogate baby. Okay. Um, I had them naturally, so I have yet to have wow. any C sections, which is which is great.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Um. The, the experience with them again, it went wonderfully and you're, you're not going to hear a bad experience come out of my mouth with, with any of these, um, because I haven't had one yet, knock on wood, but, um, they, I, I have my most favorite surrogacy video ever from their birth. Um, I am laying in the, in the delivery room, um, and I'm in active labor. I am pushing. My husband is you know, up on my shoulders, cheering me on the father, the intended father is standing up towards my head and he is videotaping and the doctor's obviously right in front of me. And with a twin birth, I mean, there's double the staff in there. There's people everywhere. right? Um, So there's a midwife on my other side. And then the mom is standing right in front, very close to the doctor. She is cheering me on. She is bawling and at the point you see this is the like maybe the last 11 seconds of when her her first child so her son was born first when he is born and you just watch her emotion as she's you know she's clapping she's crying it is the best video I'll, I'll definitely have to share it with you it is the best video you've ever seen and it just puts every single you know Puppies and rainbows and, and melting heart feeling that you oh, can imagine. Like,
1: with your permission, we have a private Facebook group that um, we would happily share that there. I, I won't put it out in the major public, but see that gives people incentive to join our group too. So.
0: Oh my gosh, you can share it wherever you want. I share it all over the place. Yes, absolutely. And I still cry when I see it because it's just such a beautiful video of her becoming a mother for the first time, and she's watching oh. her son being born and oh, it's just so, so cool. Um, so they, again, yeah, they had uh, boy-girl twins and they were beautifully sized babies. And they, uh, that delivery was, was awesome too. It, it really was a great experience. I have an awesome relationship with them. I was actually just talking to her um, a couple weeks ago and they are going to be, oh gosh, 2017. What's that? Six Yeah. Um, in a couple weeks.
1: Oh, amazing. That surrogate, maybe two and three. Wow. Okay.
0: So we got maybe two and three and then you're like, yeah, I
1: did three of my own, three for somebody else. That wasn't the end for you though, was it? It
0: sure was not. (laughs) You know, and, and this caused this next journey in the very beginning, there was some friction between the intended parents that I had just carried for that. I just had the twins for and this new couple, because they were. Friends, I, I, the okay. previous friends. I mean, not that they don't get along now, they're not maybe as close, but, um, the next couple found out about me through this first couple that I had carried the twins for. And okay. so, towards the end of the journey, even when I was in the hospital and I had just delivered, they were reaching out to me. Asking, you know, if I, you know, how everything wow. had gone with the delivery, and and I don't mean by any, they were not poaching me, um, but I right. do know that there was some some friction um, when it came to why are you talking to her the day that she just delivered our babies, and they thought they were trying, she was trying to take me, like just just a lot of drama, unnecessary drama that happened, but it all got right. worked out, and and for the initial time of. You know, talking to both of those families, like I did not want to even bring up the other name. I was like, I just, yeah, it's just, it's giving me an ick feeling in my stomach. I don't want to talk about it. Like, let's just move on. Yeah. Um, so I ended up caring for that for that couple, and mm-hmm. I was able to start their family very quickly again. Um, what uh, just a few months after I delivered the twins, I was pregnant with their little girl.
1: Wow, and um, I have to ask, and I'm and I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt because. Generally, most places, the standard is you should wait a year from delivery to the next transfer. And you oh. weren't finding REs that were re- enforcing that requirement?
0: I was not. And and actually, what's typical, vaginal delivery to transfer is six months. C-section is a year.
1: I, most I found is actually a year and 18 months. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, But, but no, you're right. I mean, I, three months was the required time that I had to wait from delivery to when I could transfer again. And obviously there's so much to do in that short amount of time too. Right. So yeah, I had the twins in December of 2017 and then I had a girl for another family in December of 2018. Same clinic. Wow. Yeah. Just like my boys. I mean, it, it was back to back same month next year.
1: Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, since I know spoiler alert, you know, the, the story goes on though, right?
0: <laughs> the story does go on. Um, and so I, let's see. So that was surrogate maybe number four. She was born in December of 18. Then I carried, I actually was matched with another couple from Ohio. And I should mention that that other couple was also from Michigan. <clears throat> um, I then matched with a different couple okay, from so Ohio. You said
1: was matched. Did you move to an agency or did you, or you, you mean you self-matched through continue going independently?
0: Uh, yes. Sorry. I, okay. That's okay. I independently was matched with them. Okay. okay. We matched ourselves. <laughs>
1: okay. No, I just wanted to make sure. Cause I didn't know if you had, you, I, again, whether you use agency or independent, sometimes people are curious about that.
0: Sure, sure, and I have done both. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but the only reason I went through my agency was because I started the agency, and I was it was yeah, my yeah. agency. Yes, um, I was going
1: to say. So at this point, though, you're matching independently. So.
0: <laughs> yes. The next one, though, however, that I matched with was from um was w- we ended up going through the agency that I had I had started with. So I partnered with a fertility physician. And we had started an agency and from 2018 until about 2022, um, I had worked for that agency and, um, typically the, or what, what was meant to happen was he was going to do everything medically. I was going to do everything administratively, um, and facilitate all of the journeys. It did not, um, happen. It did not end up happening that way, um, unfortunately, but sometimes things happen. That's okay. Yep. Um, So the, the next couple that I ended up matching with was with, was working with the agency. And it's a little bit strange because I facilitated everything myself. So I truly felt like it was again, an independent journey. It was basically an independent journey anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But we ended up having two failed transfers and we broke the match. Yeah, So unfortunately, you know, we, and we ended up, um, the first was a complete, um, a complete failed transfer. So I went for my first round of blood work. I didn't get any positive home pregnancy test first round of blood work. Sorry. No, um, not positive. The second time though, we did actually get some good numbers on the blood draws and then they started to decrease and they started to, no. um, you know, go down. And so unfortunately, you know, it was, it wasn't a, a happy breakup because I fell in love with these, with these people and they did have a little girl already. So they were looking to have another child. Um, crazy enough though, that she was also dealing with a cancer diagnosis at the time.
1: Oh no. Oh, that's so hard.
0: The second, um, I, now I don't remember if it was the first or the second transfer. I want to say it was the first one. I hadn't known about it. And after the transfer, she tells me on the way home. Oh, wow. She tells me that she was stage four. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She broke this wow. news to me in the car right after we had transferred. We were driving back to their house to bed rest. Oh, my goodness. Um she was stage 4. Uh she went for her PET scan and they had found it all over her body. Oh my goodness. And I just remember like we were holding hands in the car just crying. Each separately. I mean, she was driving, I was looking out the passenger window just like what the fuck just happened?
2: Yeah. Um
0: I mean, true disbelief and shock and I, I was upset too.
1: Yeah. You just, I mean, that's a lot that's me. a
0: lot of things. Exactly,
1: exactly. And, you know, like maybe you still would have gone through with the transfer knowing that, but it was too late after the decision had already been yeah. made.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely questioned like this, especially when I called back. So I'm like, I'm upstairs in their bathroom, like whispering, because then I'm there for the next couple of days. I'm like, you are not going to believe what just happened. What I right. was just told. And you're right. Like who would have known what my decision would have been, but like, did they not yeah. tell me because they thought they I would have didn't... backed out?
1: Right. They just didn't so does It doesn't feel fair. Like yeah. it should be your decision. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get the ability to make that decision yourself.
0: Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, our relationship today is much different and I am so proud to say that she is cancer free. Yeah. good. how it went that quickly from that's amazing. Right. Uh, but, I'm also so proud to say for her that right before she started chemo, she did. So I, they transferred the last two embryos to me and they both failed. Um, Right before she was starting chemo, she quickly did another retrieval. She was able to get six embryos, the most she had ever gotten. And she was able to have a friend carry for her and they now have a little boy. Oh, good. So just a crazy, crazy story. Um, but you know, they have their yeah. family complete now and I'm so happy for them and they're beautiful and they don't live too far away. We still are, we're connected on Facebook. We don't talk very much anymore, but I'm, I'm super happy for them and, and their family. Uh, yeah. it was just a, a wild ride. Definitely. <laughs>
1: Right. Okay. So, next, I I know you carried at least one more time.
0: (laughs) i have carried a couple more times. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm trying not to spoiler it though. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, And also, you're probably like, "Come on, we're we're an hour into this. Um, It's a lot. We got to get through it. Yeah. Keep going." (laughs) So the next one, um, I, so the little girl that I had in 2018, they had. One little boy frozen left and they wanted to give it a shot. They were ready um, at that point to, to have a sibling. And so they had reached out and we'd had another conversation and I was like, all right, let's do this. I did unfortunately have to give her the news that like, Hey, heads up. This is what happened to me. Like I just had two failed transfers and I want you to know that, like, I want to be transparent with you that this is what's going on and and I hope it's not me, but I will see my OB for clearance again. I'll see an MFM if I need to, like whatever you want me to do to get some type of of clearance. Like I'm, I'm happy to. Right. So, um, I actually then, um, and sorry, I, I skipped a family. Oh my God, Emily, you're terrible. Um, Mm. I matched again with the couple that I had the twins for, Uh, Okay. the very first set of twins. Um, I had, we had another conversation and they said they were ready to build their family (laughs) the story is going to be very similar for the next one um so we ended up having we did a single embryo transfer this time and i got pregnant everything was going great um we made it uh i want to say i forget what like month it was when we were like getting getting together to start to do one of the the next like doctor's appointments and I remember telling them that we were going to meet and, and we were going to get, it was a scan um, and we were going to meet early in the next morning. I remember talking to them earlier that day and Max and I had planned a dinner party at the house and we had some friends over and we just grilled some steaks and sat out on the back patio and had a great dinner. They had left and it was maybe eight thirty or nine o'clock and Max and I were cleaning up and doing the dishes and I start hemorrhaging in my kitchen. Oh, no. And, um, I, I immediately just like, I stopped dead in my tracks and I was like, oh my God, at this point in my, you know, number of times carrying, I don't freak out so much about blood. Um, I know that it can happen in pregnancies more so with, with IVF pregnancies. So I was trying not to freak out. I went to the bathroom. I did notice obviously that I had some in my underwear or on like my my panty liner that I had. I immediately went downstairs in my bedroom. I put my feet up, I got a glass of water, and I called my OB. Yeah. That's another great thing about being in a small town, is that I obviously have I'm you I had the phone number OB, to the OB. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so I I also have a Doppler at home. So I immediately went to go check for fetal heart tones. And everything was okay. So I wasn't panicking at this point, um, but I stood up. I went to go upstairs. This is maybe an hour later and I'm still, I'm still bleeding heavily. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I drove myself to the ER that evening, <laughs> um, despite my, you know, my better judgment, but um, I made it to the ER and I remember having such a terrible male nurse or male technician that was, (laughs) that was taking care of me. And he's telling me that, um, that I'm having a miscarriage. And I I just, I did not believe him. There was still a heartbeat. Uh, You know, everything I was like, I just, I just didn't believe him. I was like, you're a guy, just get out of here, please. I don't, I was so upset at this point. I'm like, just sleep. I was still bleeding. I was like, can you please just go get me something to change into? And so um, they did an ultrasound baby looked good but she could see like the fluid was um, the fluid was going down the amniotic fluid okay. so I'm like okay we well, put some more back in there like you know, what do you do like give me more fluid still in complete and utter disbelief at this point that anything was happening um, And I still like I hadn't seen my OB yet like that's I wanted her to come in I wanted her to reassure me like everything is okay for the next several hours, baby was fine heartbeat was fine baby was moving and and it, you had and,
1: called the parents and told them you were at the er and stuff like that right
0: absolutely yes okay. i i probably called them like when i was laying in bed downstairs like this is what yeah. i'm doing i'm not freaking out right now but yes i absolutely okay. kept them I, with all communication everything that was happening yeah um and so they admitted me um, to, to the OB floor. So I went upstairs and I remember my, my OB then telling me that my, um, my sack was bulging and, and she was telling me that I was going to miss Gary. And so I'm, but I'm like, there, there's, I'm looking at the baby on a scan right now. Like it's moving. There's, there's a heartbeat. Like, what are you talking about? Again, just, just pure, pure disbelief that this was happening. Right. So I think eventually she ended up talking to the parents to kind of let them know what was happening. And, and I'm just sitting there in shock. I was by myself. Um, Max was at home with our kids and I, that part didn't bother me. I had been in that hospital <laughs> delivery room enough. Like I knew most of the nurses staff, like that was okay. I didn't feel like I didn't have support, but it was still just a time where like, I wish somebody would have been there and right. my parents weren't there. Um, so Eventually, I remember her coming in and they were coming in very frequently. I want to say maybe even every 30 minutes to scan me again, because they obviously knew like eventually this wasn't going to, um,
1: yeah.
0: going to move forward. And I remember them coming in for the final scan and they're not being a heartbeat and, and it all just, it, 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 it
1: hit it for finally real,
0: finally hit me Yeah. because then I, then I could see it with my own eyes. And I just got chills talking about too. I hate this story. But then they, they gave me the news, like, I'm sorry, Emily, but you have to deliver this baby. Uh So I was 19 weeks in one day. And I had to go through a delivery by myself of a baby that was not going to come out crying, a baby that was the size of the doctor's hand. Yeah. not to go into gruesome details but the the baby did not come out in one piece it was probably one of the most traumatic experiences i've ever had and i think like I, i can't even express to you the amount of guilt that i had because my job was to protect this baby my job was to take care of it and i had i had suffered my own miscarriages and losses never at this at this far along in the pregnancy but the guilt of losing someone else's child
1: and and i know you don't need me to say this but i'm gonna say it anyway but you know that's not your fault
0: i do i i know i know that now and it took a lot of um (laughs) um persuading to 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 get me to that and just like what did my body do wrong what did i do wrong You know, a couple days before that, one of my little side hustles and fun things I like to do is, is cater like charcuterie stuff. Like, and I helped my sister-in-law out and I was on my feet all day. Like, is it my, like, was I, did I overdo it? I, 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 everything was replaying in my head. I could, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell the parents after it was all said and done. Like the doctor had to, I mean, they knew what was happening, but I couldn't get on the phone with them to explain like what had just happened. And she didn't go into all the details of obviously what happened. I think I'm probably the only one in besides like the staff that was with me that knew what was going on. But um, it took me forever to push out the baby that I had pushed out big babies. And this one that was the size of my hand, I I couldn't get it out. I could not for the life of me push it out. And I just remember getting on the phone and with with the mom at the time. And there there were no words spoken. Yeah we, we cried and we said, I loved you. And that was all there was. We didn't, we didn't even speak until it was, you know, the next day we talked a little bit more and, and God love her. She was always, Emily, how are you feeling? You know? And, and same with me, like, how are you, like, how are you, how is the dad? You know, like, I just kept like, that's all we did. We didn't even bring up more so like any details about the lot, It's just, how are you doing? What can I do for you? Um, I remember sitting in the, the parking lot of the pharmacy after I was discharged um, because I did have to have a DNC after that to remove all of the tissue. So I had to have a procedure after that. I had to have a couple, um, a couple blood transfusions. Um, oh, wow. And I thought, I thought like that was it for me. Um, wow. That took a lot to, to get over. Yeah. Um, it was, it was very, very hard. And I, I specifically remember like calling somebody and telling them like, don't let me be a surrogate again. Just don't let me go through another experience of, of having to carry and having that responsibility. And then maybe not being able to, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Yeah. Um, so it was like months and months went on, which I mean, even in hindsight, it's, it's not a long period of time. Um. Before, like, I started looking into it again. I started, like, I wanted to carry again. I wanted to go through another journey. Did you
1: tell the friend that you made promise to make you, to let you not do it again? Did you tell them you were looking into it again?
0: (laughs) Um, I did. Yeah. And, you know, her response was very, it was almost very clinical. Like, you were going through a lot at the time. You were very emotional. You were very hormonal. And she's like, I would never take something that you said at that point to be, you know, to... (laughs) to deem, like, what okay. could happen down the road. Um, okay, fair enough. So she was sweet and she was supportive. She probably was like, you are crazy beyond belief. <laughs> but I kept telling myself, I cannot end like this. Yeah. I was like, I, this can't be the end of this story, the end of this journey. Like, this can't be how, like, this this ends for me. And saying that out loud okay. to you right now sounds, like, super selfish. <clears throat> Um, I
1: I mean I like to say about surrogates is there's such a ben you know blend of you know altruism and narcissism and I don't mean narcissism in a bad way right like it's altruism because you want to help somebody else but also it it is about the feelings that you get from it too right like it yeah. it you want those good feelings and you want that good ending to everything yeah and Absolutely. that's what makes great surrogates right
0: because that's what you want is the happy ending at the end right Right, so um, so th- we did not obviously continue after that. They ended yeah. up having after I had their twins, and we went through that process. They ended up having another surrogate carry two more babies for them. Oh, okay. And I believe she said she is done now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but she was the one that I was just talking to a couple weeks ago. So, um, their okay. family is just absolutely beautiful, and um, I'm very, very happy for them. It just it- it didn't work out for us so I, I started their family i wasn't able to you know to build or complete it but they were able to complete their family which is which is awesome that's awesome that's awesome
1: um okay so you're continuing i say you
0: you're now you're aiming for your redemption and your happier ending here yes and so back to what I, what i originally started to say was the the little girl that i had in 2018 Um, the the couple from Michigan had reached out and they were ready they had one frozen embryo left and they felt like it was time to to give her a sibling and so they just had this one shot too they were like we're not going to create more embryos after this so if you're willing to try with us one time um, you know we'd be ever so grateful let's let's give this a shot and And by golly, we had a successful transfer and that little guy decided to make himself a brother. So embryo splits and I carried identical twin boys. Oh, well then, Uh, (laughs) not just a brother, two brothers. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a successful, um, a successful procedure. And then when we went to go find out on the first ultrasound, (laughs) I remember the dad, his exact reaction was, uh, I only ordered one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I think just pure shock all around from everybody. Right. Um, wow. But but yeah, I mean with the with the twin pregnancy, there's so many more appointments. And yeah. with the types of twins that I was carrying, um, we had to go see an MFM specialist just to make sure because they were sharing um the same sack. Yep. So much more high risk. Uh, but they were, um, I ended up being induced. So I went full term and they ended up inducing me and they were born in September of 22. So identical twin boys. And I was able to start, build and complete that family. All three of their kids I had. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: That's amazing. Okay. So is that the end of your surrogacy carrying journey?
0: It's not. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, a I happy know. ending.
2: That's such a good one. I know, I
0: know, I know. But I'm almost done, I promise. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I had them in September of 2022. And I did take a little bit of a break because at this point, like, I'm getting older. And I'm much more active with the kids. And they're, you know, they're all in sports. And so we're doing a bunch of different things. I wanted to take a little bit of time off. Um. And so I had actually received a phone call from a nurse practitioner that works at my OB office. And she's like, hey, Emily, I have this couple that is best friends with my daughter, and they're really struggling with their fertility. They've talked to a couple different surrogates. Neither of them have cleared. Can you please just talk to them? Can you please just kind of let them know, provide them any resources, you know, do anything that you can? And I was like, of course, absolutely. Like, I do this all the time. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to. So we had a conversation and it was kind of like a little bit of just small talk in the beginning because it was such a small world that I had went to high school with with one of their best friends who was also the daughter of the the nurse practitioner, etc. So they started to share a little bit about their story and they live in North Carolina and they were talking to me a little bit about their process so far. And they were just like, here's a couple of surrogates that we've talked to. We've actually had them go in for screening And they always had, like, a couple different criteria, which typically, like, you wouldn't be cleared for surrogacy. One of them ended up getting pregnant on her own. Um, The next Mm -hmm. one, there was, she had some complications in the past that, you know, the doctor said, well, hey, I can kind of look at her history and see. And there were just some issues with a couple of surrogates that they had tried to move forward with and just kept getting, like, the bad news, like, hey, I don't think she's going to be a good carrier for you. Yeah. we talked on the phone for a very long time and I just fell in love with them. You know, it's, it's so hard to like, listen to all these stories and just be like, I'll do it. <laughs> so that's exactly as I what say,
1: I, I, I've been broken since I had my own child and I talk to parents all the time and I'm like, I want to carry for you and I'm broken. So. <laughs> oh
0: my so yeah, it's, it's just so hard to be like, you know, to, to want to help and I feel like, too, like, that's why I do what I do, because I can't carry for everybody. So it still gives me this amazing, like, feeling of being able to help them through their journeys without actually being their surrogate. Um, so eventually, towards the end of that conversation, that's exactly what I was, I was like. If you'll have me, I would love to do this. <laughs> I will happily do this for you. So they actually ended up sending their embryos to a clinic, like, local to me. Oh, and okay. um, we did uh, our first embryo transfer. We did a single embryo transfer. They had three frozen uh, girl embryos. We transferred the first one and we had outrageous numbers. Like I was positive that, that the embryo had split just based on what my numbers were, which I should know better at this point like not to believe anything <laughs> that those numbers aren't. <laughs> they have nothing right? to do with, with how manys in there. Just a strong baby. Um and uh, we had a, a wonderful process. I, I, went through the, you know, the initial stages of being with a fertility clinic. I was released to my OV. And so I had a little girl for them in December of 2022. Yeah. Just last year. Um, and so that was, um, that was the last of of a the, baby. that was the end of
1: your carrying journey in the surrogacy world right
0: uh, except for the fact that um they decided that they wanted to have more babies so i am oh. currently pregnant with a little sibling for the girl that I. oh just my met.
1: goodness oh. <laughs> oh, congratulations. that's amazing thank you very oh, much oh
0: wow okay so
1: we, we, we'll have to get a TBD on that one, right? Because that's, a, that's an ongoing part of your story. Absolutely. But, um, so talk a little bit, and I, I know we've gone long for what normally our listeners are expecting, but that's okay because you've had an amazing story. But I don't want to gloss over the professional side of what you do. Talk a little bit about, I know you have a, a pretty new venture that you've started recently. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yes, of course. So like I said just a minute ago, like I really feel like obviously I can't carry for everybody. So I would still love to be able to help in some way. And I really feel like professionally um, with the, the agency that I have, I'm able to do that. So <clears throat> Carrying Dreams is, is what the agency is called. And um, I co-own it with um, a set of intended fathers that live in Canada. And um, they are, they've had two surrogate journeys. They've got two beautiful daughters through, um, through their process. And we really wanted to start a company that was going to keep the cost as minimal as possible for intended parents. You know, this is not an easy (laughs) journey to begin with. And then the financial burden on top of that is, is a lot. And, you know, the, the average cost in the United States for surrogacy is just around like $150,000. And that's such an astronomical number. And you have these people out here who can get pregnant, you know, by looking at each other, or you've got these people who don't even deserve to be parents, or you just, you know, you have these deserving parents who can't get pregnant or the same sex couples who know that they need to um, either adopt or, or have a surrogate or use an egg donor, whatever the case may be. And, you know, we just want to be able to, to help as much as we possibly can. So uh, the, the agency has both an egg donation and a surrogacy program, and it's really a one-stop shop from where you are now to getting started with the whole process, facilitated through the entire um, birth of the of the baby and and then some I always tell parents like you're not getting rid of me that easily
1: <laughs> but, so I um, say, I'm like I like the baby pictures afterwards the best <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> but then yeah just being able to help take a little bit of that stress you know off of them and be able to facilitate and, and help streamline the process as much as possible but just vetting the surrogates and properly screening them to make sure that they have qualified candidates um, Mm -hmm. and then matching them. You know, that's the biggest part of this process and one of the hardest things for, um, for intended parents uh, specifically, like even if they're looking independently, you don't know who this person is and you don't know enough about them. um, So while I have been a, a, you know, a part of independent journeys and agencies journeys, there's, there's good and bad you know, about both. And I don't, I don't even want to say good and bad. There's, there's just pros and cons um, to each of them. And, you know, I'm not pro independent. I'm not pro agency. I'm pro like do what you feel most comfortable with and just make sure you've got that support and make sure that you have everything in place, correct, like the right stuff in place to be able to do this journey the right way. So that means like the escrow accounts and the attorneys and, and the physicians and just proper screening and making sure that's all done. And, that's why agencies exist to be able to, to do those things for you.
1: That's why um, good agencies exist to do that. <laughs> <laughs> agencies
0: exist. Um, it, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just my main drive is to be able to help more people than what I can do myself carrying, um, wow. you know, while really I good. would love to, to be like the Oprah. and be like, you get a baby and you get a baby and you get a baby. <laughs> the
1: team you would know, tell I you that's my favorite to. meme. I actually and have that in a does meme form. that all form. the time. I send it all the time. <laughs> you guys have told me. I love it. But yeah, like now I'm going to send it to you so you can have it too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, like I just, I wish I could be that person, but you know, eventually my age or my body is going to cut me off. So I can't keep That's doing okay. this, but professionally, yeah, yeah, professionally, I'm able to help in in a bigger way than than just me. And and surrogacy is bigger than just me. It's it's bringing babies to the world. It's building families. It's it's making it's making people's dreams come true. And and I'm yeah. I'm so proud to to be a part of um of this community and and do what I do.
1: Oh, that is amazing! Thank you so much for sharing all of your story and. I, we'll have to have you come back on, it sounds like, so that we get an update on, on when New Baby comes.
0: Absolutely. I would love to. Oh, Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks to Emily for all the amazing good she's done in the world, for so many families, and for taking the time to, to share about
1: it with us. Yes. like So many babies. It's (laughs) kind of hard to conceptualize. Yeah. Um, Obviously, thank you to Emily. Thank you to everybody who comes and listens to us. Um, I've jumped ahead of myself. Thank you to all of you for reaching out to our hotline and giving us a call at 303. 9971903 9971903 we also love when y'all leave us little like the iTunes stars and things like that and engage with us on our Facebook uh, group and page um, so again thank you to all of you for listening thank you to our team to Melissa to Tyler and of course to Amanda thank you